What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We are coming at you with the Week 2 Waiver Wire Podcast. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, everybody? What's up, everyone? So, like I said, we're going to get into some Waiver Wire targets for Week 2. Going into Week 3, you know, guys that performed well for the first for the early part of the season that you need to start getting on your lo- on your rosters so that uh, once these bye weeks start to pump in, you might, you know, might need to start. If injuries happen, you might need to start. So we're going to start it off. Uh, you know, let's get right into it. Start it off at the quarterback position. So when we do these waiver wires, we're talking about guys that are 50 percent owned and less um, based on ESPN leagues. Okay, so just so you have kind of a guideline that we use uh, when we are uh, giving you these names. So starting off at quarterback, Justin Fields for me. Uh, Justin Fields really didn't have an opportunity this past week to work with the first team offense in practice. You know, he just kind of was thrusted into the game. If Andy Dalton is going to miss any deal of time, which I'm sure they probably want him to in Chicago because it gives them a reason to put Fields in the game, I think Justin Fields now will, you know, run with that job, take it, and, you know, he'll be their starting quarterback probably from now for the rest of the season. And he's a good, you know, he's definitely a good pickup just off the sheer mobility factor you know he's a guy that could give you 50 yards rushing in a game pretty consistently and if he does that you know he doesn't have to do as much as a typical passing quarterback yep so uh on justin fields i agree i mean like and to me i think he should have started week one if i'm being honest i i really do i think you know i think the dude has proven you know in the preseason that he can run the offense. You just need to give him first team reps and let him do what he's got to do. With that said, I kind of like his schedule coming up. I mean, the Browns are not as good as a defense that I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be just awesome. Getting to the pet, you know, getting to the, the quarterback a whole bunch and doing, you know, their corners are good and their safety play is good. And, you know, basically the first two weeks, I haven't seen anything special out of these Browns you know, defense. So I'm not worried about that. Then he gets the Lions and Raiders, Lions, Raiders, Packers, Bucks. You know, like really the only tough game there is the Bucks. I'm not worried about any of these other teams. I think the Raiders are playing better defense, but I don't think they're a shutdown defense. And the Packers, we saw what happened week one. I'm not worried about the Packers defense. Um, so I like the upcoming schedule, and I, I think Justin Field could definitely be a guy that, you know, given the opportunity and – the first team reps could could definitely be a a guy that you're starting, especially if you you know have Tua or you have you know Ryan you drafted Ryan Fitzpatrick and you went to the waiver wire to pick up somebody or you know whatever the case may be, you know it could be a situation where that that, that really works out for you. So my next guy, ugh. so I know it was against the Bucks, right? But Matt Ryan didn't look completely terrible this week, right? He throws those two picks at the end of the game, which is super annoying. And, you know, we, we know this. We know how frustrating Matt Ryan can can be, especially me, because I have had Matt Ryan in, it seems to be, every one of his terrible, terrible seasons. But 
the schedule is not terrible, right? This week coming up, he gets the Giants. The week after that, he gets the Washington football team. The week after that, he gets the Jets. Like, from what I've seen from the Washington football team, I am not scared to play anybody against them because I feel like they are giving up points and droves to everybody. Uh, you know, I, I I know they played okay in week one, they holding the team to point, you know, a few fewer points. Uh, the Chargers, but the Chargers didn't score a lot this week against the Cowboys. So maybe that offense isn't as great as we thought, especially in the red zone. Um, the Giants are terrible, you know, at this point, and the Jets might be the second worst team in football because I do think the Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst team in football. So I like the upcoming schedule. I think he could be very good, uh, especially against the Giants and the Jets. Maybe he doesn't have the greatest game against the football team, but you know I think Matt Ryan is definitely a guy uh, you can go out and pick up and is going to score you some fantasy points. All right. Any other quarterbacks that you have uh, from the waiver wire that you would add? Yeah, actually there is – Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek Carr is definitely Your boy. Yeah, it's definitely a guy that I'm picking up. Uh, and then the other guy is Daniel Jones. Just for this week, though, because he is playing Atlanta, right? Yep. So you know, what I mean, I know he was great against you know the football team, uh, but he looked terrible in Week One. And going up against this Atlanta team, Kev said it on yesterday's podcast. Atlanta might be the worst defense in football. Like, they are definitely a bottom three defense in football. And they may be the worst passing defense in football. So, I think Daniel Jones has the opportunity uh, going up against a terrible pass offense to put up some points. And I'm starting everybody. I'm starting Sterling Shepard. I'm starting, you know, Kenny Galladay. I'm starting Saquon Barkley. I'm starting everybody on that Jets team. I mean, on that Giants team. All right. Um, anybody else from the quarterback spot? Derek Not Carr. Really. Yeah, Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah, I've definitely, you know, obviously Derek Carr to me is definitely a guy you pick up. Yep. Field, Ryan. Play. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't a bad one. He started off the year very hot. And he, he's got a couple more good matchups to yep. – uh, I feel to, like we've to, been telling people that. We've been telling people. Yeah. Like, if you haven't picked up Kirk Cousins at this point, like – I don't know what, you, what you're listening to because we told you for the past three weeks, basically the preseason. We said you know, he was in our pre waiver wire podcast. He was in you know last week's waiver wire, and you know this week again. So if you're not picking him up, you're just not listening. You're not you're not going to pick him up. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's move on to the running back position. All right. So one name I got down here is J.D. McKissick. Um, you know, seeing what he did, like I said yesterday. Um, I think that the Washington offense is at its best when they're using McKissick in the passing game and just kind of focusing on giving Gibson his rushing work. Um, it worked at the end of last year and it was very successful this week. And I think they're going to continue to do that. You know, McKissick week one wasn't used very much. This week he comes out, he's used, they get 30 points and, you know, score 30 points. He vultures a touchdown away. I think McKissick has to be a guy that's on rosters. Uh, there's no way he should be less than 50% owned. Yep, I agree. And next week they get Buffalo. Um, so, you know, we assume that Buffalo is a team that's going to put up uh, a good amount of points against this football team defense that 
you know, basically gave up 30, 29 points to the Giants. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say that the Bills are a much more dynamic, uh, you know, team scoring the ball than the Giants are. So, I, you know, I mean, I, I completely agree. I definitely think J.D. McKissick, uh, after, especially after week one, we were all kind of nervous. You, can't, you couldn't have watched that game and been like, ooh, you know, McKissick is going to be amazing. Yep. Um, you know, you had to have been a little bit nervous uh, about what was going on. Some people may have dropped him, and uh, those people made a mistake because he is obviously still a part of this offense, and I think he's going to be good. Yep. Uh, Tony Pollard. I mean, Tony Pollard's a guy at this point you could probably start in your flex spot. He's getting that kind of work in, you know, with the Cowboys. They're not – it's, it's a two-back system right now. They're using both of him and Zeke. You know, it's not like Zeke is a workhorse. Um, and Pollard's been – you know, the other day Pollard was better than Zeke when he went with the touches he got. So, you know, to me, Tony Pollard is definitely a guy you can uh, – yeah, you know, he's only 38% owned. Like, that's crazy, man. This guy needs to be on, on everybody's roster because, you know, he's getting that kind of usage. He, he's a flex option. Yep. Um, he has some tough sledding coming up. I mean, he plays Philly, Carolina uh, the next two games. So I'm a little bit worried about using him in my flex for the next two weeks. But I do like Tony Pollard, and, and he's not available in any league that I'm in. But yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously he's in leagues because he's only 38% owned total in, in you know, on ESPN. On ESPN so, which is kind of crazy when you look at it because this is the one thing that kind of a little bit bothers me about ESPN. Like, how is Michael Carter, who had basically no usage in week one, more owned than Tony Pollard? How is, you know, David Johnson? Who, who, you know, if he doesn't have that touchdown, he touched the ball four times in week one. Like, Pollard touched the ball more than that. Like, I I, I just, you know, it, it's crazy to me how some of these these numbers look uh, when you look at those 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 ownership percentages. So, J.D. McKiss, definitely a guy that I like. Um, I really wanted to be – J.D. McKissick and Tony Pollard, definitely two guys that I would definitely pick up. Yep. Um, Mark Ingram, I told you guys not to pick him up last week. If you needed, absolutely needed a, a running back, you know, you could do it if you were t- desperate. Uh, but he's not, not a guy that I'm, I'm still not picking him up. He didn't he didn't do anything in this game, and, and that's how it's going to be on-off for a lot of this season. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, he outscored Miles Sanders in this game. Like, he did not touch the ball as much as Miles Sanders, but he did outscore him. So he's going to be a guy that I, you know, I pick up. I, I just feel like at 28% ownership, like he's obviously clearly in the game plan for the Eagles. He may not be a superstar, but a guy that you can definitely fit into your flex. Um, a couple of other names uh, that I actually am kind of surprised. So Ty Johnson is only 5% owned in in ESPN leagues. And I know he was terrible in week one, but he saw the second most carries on this team. And it clearly looked to me like they made a decision that these two young guys are going to be used. Um, and Tevin Coleman is going to be the backup for the team. Um, so Ty Johnson is a guy that I would, you know, I would spend a couple of dollars on and you can get him. And if he, you know, ends up, 
eventually taking over the big, a bigger workload for them, then you might, you know, you might have the number one guy for basically no money. And, uh, you know, Jamichael Hasty is probably my last guy. If if he's healthy, uh, and they want to give him more work, he's a guy. I, I just want parts of the San Francisco 49ers offense. <clears throat> so I'm trying to pick up anybody that's part of that offense because if they become the guy, you're going to be super happy about it. Yep, Jeff Wilson. Um, I said it yesterday. Jeff Wilson, just pick him up, stash him on your IR spot because he might have the uh, you know he might be one of those guys that turns into the 49ers running back at some point. If you don't have an IR spot, what I would do is nobody's picking up Jeff Wilson if you don't have an IR spot. But if you do have an IR spot, I would pick him up at least two weeks early. I mean, so if he they're saying that he'll be back for week seven. Um, If he is coming back week seven, at week five, I'm picking him up. I'm going to pick him up and put him on my bench. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be every fantasy team has somebody you can drop and pick up Jeff Wilson and just sit on him for two weeks because he could come right back and be – the number one guy on this team, period. Yep. All right. Uh, any run of the running backs that you can think of? Did you mention you mentioned Cordell Patterson, correct? I did not mention Cordell oh. Patterson. Yeah, Cordell Patterson is definitely another guy. Uh, you know, to me, he looks like the best of the the better of the two. I know his brushing wasn't as good as as. You know, seven carries for 11 yards, but he did score a touchdown. He looked way better than than Davis in the passing game, five for like 58, and I think in a touchdown in this game. Uh, to me, Cordell Patterson should be owned as a guy who, you know, running back that's going to get like, you know, 12 to 15 touches a game. And if that's the case, you know, I think he could be very useful as well. Yeah, this, the, we're assuming that this team is going to be losing – for the majority of weeks. So, or they're going to have to score a lot of points because their defense sucks. Exactly. So, I mean, this might be this might be Cordero Patterson's best game of the season. But just the fear, just the sheer fact that this team is going to have to score points this year and they're going to have to manufacture yards because it's obvious that they're going to struggle to do that. Cordero Patterson, I think, gives them one of the most dynamic playmaking of anybody on that team. So, you know, I definitely want him on my on my fantasy team if I if I need a running back. Yep. All right, so moving on to the wide receiver position. Uh, I'll start it off with Darnell Mooney. Uh, we talked about him yesterday. Uh, he's been the most targeted receiver on Chicago for back-to-back weeks. He's only 49.3% owned in ESPN. I think Darnell Mooney definitely needs to be at least on your roster because getting, you know, basically being – I know he's not the number one option, but he's being targeted that way. And if that's the case, it's a guy that you're going to want on your – you know, that should at least have a bench spot. Yep, I agree. Um, Darnell Mooney out-targeted. Allen Robinson and anybody that's going to out target Allen Robinson is going to be a guy that I want on my fantasy team, regardless to whether he's great or not. You know what I mean? He's getting more targets than to me, a top seven wide receiver in fan in, in the NFL period. Um, so, you know, I definitely want pieces of that. Um, there's a couple, I'm just going to name off four guys and then, you know, cause that the lower, lower guys, I'm not really, you know, I'm not going to really yeah. bash to you. Um, but you know, Nelson Aguilar, for some reason, only 38% owned. I know this week he didn't have that big that big game, but you got to look at Nelson Aguilar as a Deshaun Jackson-type player because he may not have the, you know, blow-up, blow-up games like Nelson Ag- – I mean, like Deshaun Jackson used to where Deshaun Jackson would have, you know, just some ridiculous stat line. You know I mean, six catches for 
almost 200 yards and a touchdown, and then the next week he'd be two for 10. You know what I mean? So he might not have that much of a blowout, yep. but any week, any given week, he can give you 70, 80 yards and a touchdown like he did last week. Um, and he has been one of the more targeted guys on the team. So, you know, Nelson Aguilar, to me, needs to be rostered. Um, Elijah Moore is another guy that's only 33% owned. I know that Elijah Moore is had a terrible week one, and, you know, his quarterback – through four picks in this game and, and all that stuff. But eventually Elijah Moore is going to be more targeted and he's going to, he's going to be good. Like I, I, I watching him play today, watching some of the routes he ran, he ran really crisp routes and was wide open and his quarterback just missed him. Either didn't throw it to him or threw it to him and threw it behind him and getting picked off. Like it was bad. Um, so that's another one. Um, and then the last, basically three guys that I'll, I'll just mention. I'm not going to get into a big explanation, but you know, Sammy Watkins is obviously seeing a good target load. AJ green is a guy that last week saw six targets this week, saw six targets, you know what I mean? On an offense that's throwing the ball for basically 350 plus yards per game right now, uh, uh-huh. and scoring anywhere from three to four touchdowns a week. Uh, AJ Green is a guy that could be in your flex, and I mean, if you're if you're hurting or you you have a a bye week coming up, and then the last guy uh, is T Y Hilton. So I know Michael Pittman had a great game this week, but T Y Hilton to me, you know, is 21% owned, and he comes back not next week, the week after. Um, and I really like getting picking up T Y Hilton now because I do think he is going to be the number one target for Carson Wentz. Uh, from what I was hearing uh, in the preseason before T.Y. got hurt, they had a great chemistry, and Carson really liked throwing to him. And I kind of like what his matchups are going to be coming up because in the beginning of the season, we were all worried about a lot of the matchups that I'm going to read to you now. But after watching what we've seen in, in, in football so far, he's got Miami, Baltimore, Houston, San Fran, Tennessee, the Jets, Jaguars, uh, Bills, Tampa Bay, Houston. I'm not scared of any of those defenses. Uh, literally, the only one that I'm, I'm like mm, is San Fran because they played very good today. But we've seen Miami get thrown on today by by you know Josh Allen. They didn't have a, he didn't have a huge game, but that's really the only tough game because Baltimore is giving up points in droves. Houston's yep. giving up points. San Fran is just you know they played good today, but we're not sure about that. Tennessee is terrible. The Jets are terrible. The Jaguars are terrible. You know what I mean? So their first tough game to me, like real tough game, is Buffalo in Week Eleven. So, you know, if I can get T.Y. Hilton now, I'm going to be, you know, happy about that when he does start playing because if he has a good rapport with Carson Wentz, it's going to be great. All right. Funny because, like, you mentioned all those names and none of those ones are the ones that I mentioned uh, that there that I'm going to mention. So you mentioned A.J. Green. I'm going to say Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. All, anybody in that passing game I want on my team right now because that team, like Steve said, throwing for 350 yards and they spread the ball around. They don't just focus on one guy. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is, you know, their best receiver, but obviously he's not getting, like, all the work consistently. Like, they're spreading it around. So, with that being the case, at any given game, these guys can, you know, produce at that at a, you know, very startable level. Um, yeah, Ronald Moore they, is, definitely, is definitely one. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, and honestly, the reason I didn't bring him up is because I brought him up in last week's, like, podcast. I guess. I'm not going to bring up the same names to you guys every single week. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, like, if, I t- if I tell you guys to pick them up, like last year, you know what we did last year, Kev, that really fucking bothered me? We said Cole Beasley for like eight 
straight fucking straight weeks. weeks. You know what I mean? Like it was eight straight weeks, and it was just. And they like, got finished as, as a back end RB uh, wide receiver too. Yeah, it was insane. So like, I'm gonna give you guys. So this season, I'm not going to give you, you know, the same guys over and over and over again. You know, I might give you the same guys one week, and then the next week, if they're still not 50% on, I'll skip it, and then I'll go back to them the following week because, you know, we last year were repeating ourselves, the same guys over and over again. So I'm trying to find some nuggets that will help you guys. But Brian Edwards and yep. Rondell Moore and those guys. I was going to bring up Brian Edwards, and my last one was Emmanuel Sanders. Those were the two names I had. Yep. Uh, from the wide receiver position. Um, tight ends, I feel like we can throw a ton of names out there. Oh, yeah. Um, for guys that are, you know, because obviously tight end is such a you know, tip, typically like a wasteland position that, you know, I mean, you got Austin Hooper, you got Hunter Henry, uh, Cole Komet I still think will be, you know, a pretty good one. Gerald Everett. um you know, Dalton Schultz to me sees a lot of work in for that team. Uh, you know, so there's a ton of tight end names as well. Yeah, I mean, like, so Dalton Schultz is a guy that I was actually going to bring up. The the thing for me, like, and I get it about him that he had a bad week two, but I just feel like he's going to be a guy that sees, you know, a, I don't want to say a huge target share, but. F- Dallas tight ends normally produce pretty well. Yes. I mean, like in the history of Dallas Cowboys, I mean, they always seem to have a guy or two that are targeted a lot. And I know in this game they weren't targeted a whole lot, but you got to remember the game was 20 to 17. It wasn't like it was a, you know, 35, 28 game. Like we thought it was going to be like the over under for that game was, I think was 52 and a half. So we thought that that was going to be a high-scoring game. It just ended up not being a high-scoring game. Um, so I, I just feel like it, whether it's Blake Jarwin or it's Schultz, I would try to have one of those guys to figure out which one is the is the tight end that you know comes out on top. I guess would be the best way to put it. Yep. Uh, so for me, for the tight ends, there's a couple um, that I have personally. So Austin Hooper is the first one. Uh, in week one, he had those three targets in the first quarter, of uh, 330. I think he had 30 yards, and then he just was not targeted the whole rest of the game. So he finished with basically six fantasy points. Uh, and this week he was a lot more targeted. He ended up with, with nine fantasy points. Yeah, well, Landry got hurt in this one. So. Yeah, and Landry got hurt. So he started being targeted a whole lot more. And I don't know the severity of that injury yet. They're assuming OBJ back, is going to be back next week. Uh, so we will see what happens there. Um, but Austin Hooper is a guy that I would consider. Cole Komet, I know he had a terrible game. Uh, but I feel like if he, if Fields becomes the quarterback for this team, I think Cole Komet could actually be really good because it's going to open up the, the running ability of Justin Fields just opens up the fields for guys in the tight end position. Like we've seen it in, in, in basically every team that has a super good running quarterback. We've seen it with Cam Newton and, and uh, what was his name? Uh, it's going to bother me. Greg Olson. We see with Lamar Jackson and, and, uh, and Andrews. You know I mean, like it just seems like, rushing quarterbacks uh, have the ability to, you know, to 
throw to their tight ends. Their tight ends seem to be guys that, you know, produce. So, you know, I, I want Cole Komet because he's cheap. You're, you're, you spend a dollar on him, especially after a one-point fantasy day. Uh, Gerald Everett, I told you guys last week. I told you I'm not going to go over guys that I talked about. But, yep. you know, and uh, you know, that's basically it for me of those three guys because, you know, I know Adam Troutman, people tried to feed him down your throat. I'm, I'm not in nope. on that one and all that. So, you know, those three guys, and that's basically it for me. And I told you guys, Jawan Johnson, don't do it. So if you didn't listen, I'm sorry. And last but not least, we'll do defenses, uh, at least for this upcoming week. Uh, what do you like on the defenses, Steve? All right, so for defense this week, you know, under 50% owned is a little bit difficult. But there's three defenses that I actually think have, uh, let's say, I don't want to say good matchups, but, you know, okay, okay matchups, right? So the Arizona Cardinals are still only 30% owned. Right. And just looking at who they have coming up, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. Like they blew out the Titans and scored you 17. Then against Minnesota, they didn't do shit. Right. They actually were negative. But the cure to negative is Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) So I am picking up the Arizona Cardinals everywhere because uh, Jacksonville is terrible. Uh, the next defense that I want to talk about is the Miami Dolphins. I know that the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, basically just got completely obliterated by the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, next week they play the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think that it is a matchup that actually bodes well for them because what what they do better than most teams is they have two very, very good corners, but they also have some pretty fast linebackers that I think could give Darren Waller a little bit of problems. Uh, so I think I think the Dolphins match up, you know, well against against the Raiders, and I, I you know I'm interested to see how that game plays out. So I wouldn't mind picking them up. And then the last team for me is the Bengals. I, I you know, and I know a lot of people are gonna go, oh, the fucking the Bengals are terrible, but you know what? Guess what? In fantasy football, I don't give a shit about if a team is terrible or not. They're playing Pittsburgh, and I've seen how bad Pittsburgh's offense has been <laughs> over the past couple of weeks. And guess what? We've heard this a hundred times. Oh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, wh- what did we hear this weekend? You know what I mean? Oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in home openers average like 30 something points per game, blah, 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 blah. It was, you know, a stat that we all heard on ESPN that they gave this morning. They average 30 points a game and their, you know, their record at home, you know, in season openers is whatever the hell it is. 89 in, in 12 or whatever the hell the, the number was, it was something stupid, but guess what? They off their offense is terrible. And this Bengals defense looks good. So, yeah. I'm not worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that Ben Roethlisberger gets sacked a couple times like he has in every game so far, and I think he probably gets a couple of turnovers, and and the Bengals play much better than people expect because they got trounced on by the Chicago Bears. So, you know, Bengals defense, uh, you know, this week coming up against the terrible Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm I'm not worried about it. So I would play the Bengals if I needed a defense desperately. All right. So there you have it, guys. It's a waiver wire podcast for this week. Uh, I will be back tomorrow. I'm going to do buy sell. 
uh, players for this week, guys you should trade for, guys you should trade away. Uh, So until next time, peace out, guys. Peace.